This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another edition of That Mill Podcast. Um, after my Sunday night training as host, I am taking the hot seat in the host seat today. But I'm joined by two other people who have hosted the show before in Mr. Stephen Jones. Good evening. Good evening, chaps. Uh, not sure how this is going to go, but we've got the, the we've got one half of the dynamic duo with us as well today. So uh, I'll let you carry on, Dan. We do. And also, we have Mr. Omer joining us. Good evening, mate. Good evening, Dan. How are you, mate? I'm very good, thank you, mate. How are you? I'm living the dream. I used to watch the Soaking Through Show, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to join and brave the conditions because I think I'm going to get a few pelters. So, well, um, yeah. Mate, the viewers are always asking where you are. So, and we, we aim to please here at That Mill Podcast. <laughs> so, hope everyone's happy. And yeah, hopefully, these two can help me steer through um, the show tonight. So, we're going to kick things off by going to Omer for his thoughts on Sunday. Me and Stephen were both on um, Sunday night live, the calling show. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it and you'll hear mine, Stephen's thoughts on the game. So, Omer, what did you think of Saturday's 1-1 draw at home against Sunderland? Do you know, I think obviously we've done the show on Friday and um, I think before the game, if you'd said to me a 1-1 draw, I definitely would have took it with both hands, to be honest. You know, we've been on a poor run of form after the last week we had, obviously going into the game on Saturday. And I felt like it kind of went as expected. You know, Sunderland have some good players on their sides. Um, I thought, you know, we'd done well to get in at one nil ahead just before the half-time break. And I think the underlying tone for me was it was quite, you know, it's a shame really to get to, you know, as far as we did, 78th minute, and then we're giving the penalty away. And then upsets Jack Clark to get his 10th goal of the season, I think it was, wasn't it? And yeah, I mean, it's the den, isn't it? Mill don't win at the den nowadays. And it's a tough one to take, but... I think, you know, if like I said, if he offered me the draw before the game, mate, I'd have took it. Well, you say Mill don't win at the Den. Clearly, get, only getting a draw at the Den gets you a sack these days because Tony Mowbray, <laughs> since that game, has been sacked. And obviously, this is that Mill podcast. But quickly, your thoughts on that one, gents? Yeah, a lot, it's a bit of a shock one, to be, to be honest with me. Um, I think, you know, I, I felt like clearly he's a good manager. And we was, oh, I think we was quite praiseful of him uh, on Friday, weren't we, Stephen, before we, when we done the show? Like, mm. you know, I, I felt he's, you know, he's always set his team up well against us. Sunderland, you know, under him have been on an upward trajectory over time. And it's a shame really he's lost his job. But, you know, the middle curse obviously is still a thing when you come to the den. <laughs> and Stephen, your thoughts on that as well? I think last season there was talk that, that he was close to leaving them 
even though they were doing quite well, there was a spell mm. where there was rumours that he was going to go. So it's almost as if there's a little bit of a trigger finger waiting to happen at some point. I think it's a little bit harsh. They've, they've got some injury problems. They didn't really have a striker, did they? So um, he's doing the best he can, but that's the championship. There's so many managers now that have, have already gone already. And perhaps other clubs are looking around thinking, oh, if, if X, Y, Z are changing their manager, maybe we need to. And um, he's a good manager. He, he, no doubt he'll pop up in another another job somewhere else. But strange, because it's just one of those, isn't it, that it wasn't a defeat. So it must have been on the cards before the game, regardless of what, what result they um, they achieved on Saturday. Do you think Gary Rout might be rubbing his hands now that the Sunderland jobs came about all of a sudden? I can't. I don't think that's going to be a name that particularly interests the Sunderland board, but he'll probably stick his hat in the ring for it. He probably will walk into a job like that, you know, to be honest. And if he, the thing is, it's like obviously he was linked with Rotherham job, wasn't he? And I was like, I just couldn't get the links with that. So, I mean, it'd be interesting where he turns up. He's already doing his punditry and. He obviously waited a time out after his, you know, four-year spell of us. But feels like he's quite keen to get his name out there again and be interesting. I don't know who the early favourite is in that job already because I'm not really paying attention to it online today. But it'd be interesting to see who lands up there. But it could be a sort of job he can walk into. I, I could see it if he's be happening, Dan. Yeah, I, I don't think right now that's pos- po- uh, probably a, a job that or a role that um, Sunderland will kind of be looking at him for. I think they'll probably go kind of down a similar route to the way we've gone in terms of a young upcoming head coach, just because I think as well, you look at the kind of recruitment and style of players that they have, they want to kind of play that way and, and recruit that way. Maybe a younger manager might, might be a better fit for them, but I don't think it will be too much longer before we see Gary Rowett back in his job. So we're going to move this on a little bit now. Um, we're going to talk about a certain player because his name kept coming up on our show on Sunday night. And that player is um, our Dutchman, Zian Fleming. Now, he was hooked after 70 minutes on Saturday, which was an interesting move. And one that I said, I don't think you'd usually see um, happen under Gary Rowett, no matter how bad a game uh, Fleming was having. And he didn't have a very good game on Saturday. And he'll probably be the first one, I think, to put his hands up and admit he didn't have a very good game. So, Gentlemen, what, what's your thoughts on Zian Fleming? Maybe, I, I mean, I'm not sure how I feel on this. Could maybe a spell out of the team be beneficial for him? He wasn't even, was he even playing Saturday. I, I didn't see him play for Saturday. I, I must have watched a different game. I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> the, benefit the, the, the benefit of the viewers on uh, for this show, if you hadn't watched our live show last Friday, Omar and I had... Varying opinions, should we say, on on Zian? And I'll be honest with you, I, I will start off and say I thought his effort and work rate was better than what we'd mm-hmm. seen against perhaps Ipswich. Um, in the first half, there was a lot more uh, pressing, a lot more, it's just a lot more movement from him, like trying to get involved in the game. But every time he sort of got on the ball and 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 tried to actually influence the game you know, with in control of the ball, it, it just didn't seem to happen. And that chance in the second half where the ball comes across and, you know, you'd have banked on him to just shoot. It, mm. he, he always looks to shoot and he took a touch, took another touch and then the chance was lost. Uh, I, to answer your question, Dan, and, and I'll move on to Omar sh- shortly for his opinion, but I think a spell out of the side could be on the cards or at least someone getting an opportunity in that number 10 role because as you say he's coming off he's come off in the last three or four games games that we've not been winning 
Um, I, I think he was he come off when we were ahead on Saturday, but still, he, he, he's someone that you would usually be on the pitch. So I certainly think Edwards is possibly thinking, much like Bradshaw as well, if players are not going to you know, hit the numbers that, that we need and, and, and contribute to goals, there's other players waiting to, to take their space. Yeah, I mean, obviously... He's, he's our top goal scorer in the last 10 games, you know, three goals in the last 10 games. I just think, you know, I'm trying to clutch at straws here. I can't defend him. I can't defend him. He was poor on Saturday. I felt for him a little bit. I think, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Stephen, a bit because it just looks really kind of zapped with confidence a bit. And, you know, he got hooked after 70 against Ipswich, got them not again on Saturday, which hopefully would have been enough confidence boost for him to play and have a good performance. But, yeah, I mean, there's another game where we didn't have much of the ball, it felt like. Is that the kind of game where it suits Fleming? Well, yeah, he still could. He still could make a bit of an impact in the game. And that chance in the second half, I normally would back him to convert it, to be honest, especially on last season's mm-hmm. form. But, yeah, I mean, obviously with the loss of the norm, maybe, you know, Joe Edwards kind of was forced into playing Fleming because you want that kind of contribution from someone that hopefully could be a match winner because no denoy in midfield. And I thought that was a bit of a miss on Saturday as well. And I'm sure I know I did listen to the show on Sunday and that was touched on. So, yeah, I mean, I feel for Joe Edwards a bit because... He's not getting struck a good hand at the minute from some of his players, it feels like. No, no, I, I do agree with you there, Omer. And as, but obviously, we've, we've mentioned about him possibly having maybe, maybe he doesn't start at the weekend. I feel, for me, the natural replacement there would be Romain Essay. I mean, we've all spoke about him at some point in his career playing more as a, as a number 10. And we saw it a little bit in pre-season. He must be chomping at the bit to get going. Hasn't really had too many minutes thus far under Edwards, how, how do you think he's feeling sitting on the bench and then also seeing Watmore go in front of him? Does maybe Edwards see Watmore as someone who might be able to play in that position maybe a little bit more naturally than him? I think Watmore offers quite a bit going forward and more energy in a sense and a bit more of a presence, I suppose. Um, he, he made a good impact, I thought, at times in the second half on Saturday. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a yeah. bit of burst of pace up front and kind of makes something feel like it's going to happen, which then gets the fans involved, I think, a little bit as well. And I felt like I saw that on Saturday a few times as well. Um, they're different types of players, but I think SA is equally that kind of player potentially, but just a bit less more direct with that, I suppose. Um, Maybe that's just him learning his trade and playing, getting used to the physicality of the men's game. Obviously, he's had minutes here and there, but hasn't really ever had a consistent spell in this team or any other team for that he's matter. A he's a bit more of a flair player, isn't he, SA, I'd, I'd say? And uh, what was going to buy his feet and try and do something with it, I feel like. So, yeah. different types of players there, I suppose. But I can understand why... Edwards might not be it might be against SA, but at this point, what's he got to do to get his opportunity? I suppose. Stephen, your your thoughts on that? I'm going to touch on that final comment from Omar. That's the big thing. What more does he have to do hmm. to get an opportunity what more? in a side? Oh, hey. See what I did there. Um, but in a team that's not particularly performing that great and creating that you know that many chances. Okay, the commentary game we did create a few. We we just you know perhaps a little bit unlucky on the day to lose three nil, but. To not get any minutes in any of the games, the last, the last, well, the last two is is it's a bit baffling. I, I think we'll come on to Cardiff later. I think there's an opportunity for SA to perhaps play in the centre of midfield because of the the lack of numbers because he's also played there in in preseason. Um, I I just think that there's a lot of pressure on Joe Edwards in an, on a, in a number of reasons: results, youth players. The atmosphere, changing the 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 the, um, the the home form, 
and he's as you said earlier i think omar he's not getting he's not getting the the, the luck of the draw i know sheffield wednesday mm. you'll say four nil great result but when he's really needed it against teams in in games i think um honeyman hit the post in the commentary game could have been one nil up longman's deflected effort hits the post bradshaw puts the rebound in it, it doesn't count it's offside which it, it was but we're not getting the rub of the green and he's not getting the, the best out of his players so it, it, it's a combination of things but but certainly i think sa must be knocking on the manager's door to say look if if the if your number 10 is not doing what it, do i have to do chance? yeah yeah what, what, do, what, what do i have to do in training and stuff sorry, i mean also, sorry just just before we move it. on fleming one thing that really drives me mad and it's not his fault is that Rowett did it and Edward seems to do it, put him out on the left. He just mm. for spells he's put out he he's not got the pace. We've seen it so many times. He's not a quick player. I, I do think that if you if you're looking for something from your star man, you've got to keep him in his main position all the time. I do feel sorry for him sometimes because he is sacrificed to, to be shoved out on the left hand side. I don't think Fleming's slow by any case. I think for someone his size, I think he is actually quite quick, mm. but he's not quick enough to be a winger. And I think, mm. you know, mentally, I think he's probably one of the fastest thinking players on the pitch. So you can see the way the game's going to unfold. But yeah, maybe just not in terms of actual speed, the way he runs. Not saying he's slow in any way. But also, I think on Watmore, from what I've seen on Watmore, I, I think I prefer him on the wing or, or even up front in a two. Um, I think when he's up front in a two with with someone, I think that's where we've kind of seen the best of him. And as well, when he's on the wing, if if you can give him the license to kind of run down the wing and just run at players, that's when he seems to be his best, when he seems to be able to get the ball and drive at teams. I think maybe him on the left wing maybe could be an option. Um, but we'll discuss Brooke Norton Cuffey very shortly. Um, who's been playing on the right, who played on the right against Sunderland anyway. But maybe what more coming in on the wing for Honeyman possibly would at least give us a bit more attacking threat down that side, even if it does sacrifice possibly some defensive stability. I think you'll lose a step that stability defensively, potentially, but I think you will benefit still from the same output of work rate because they do feel quite alike in that sense, I feel like. You know, Honeyman does give that kind of industrial performance. And I think Watmore is like that. He doesn't kind of, you, know, you don't often catch Watmore you know, shirking it, I'd say. You know, he, he seems to be a kind of player that you know you're going to get 65 minutes out of him, but there are 65 mm-hmm. minutes where he's at full intensity and that's when he tends to tailor off a little bit. Um, and I don't think you'll lose that output in a sense. But, yeah, I mean, definitely more of an attacking output. I mean, you know, going to Cardiff, we won 1-0 last year and it was a great away day, you know, and Bradshaw got a lucky goal, didn't it, towards the end, didn't it, towards the end of the game. And you, you need them luck, that's what I mean. I think in that run last year where we started to kind of pick up results, you know, there was 1-0 wins away from home, Stoke away, Cardiff away, we're not really getting that rub of the green, really. It feels like, and I, I do feel a bit I'm sorry for Jared, like I said earlier, really. So maybe the luck's going to turn on Saturday, but we just got to keep plucking away at it. I think Nisbet getting another goal is another positive. And you mentioned Norton Cuffey, who you know, I thought personally, I wasn't convinced. Maybe if you know, if the guys were saying playing right wing, playing right wing, and he was he was remarkable, remarkably good on Saturday and deservedly voted man of match at the time. Although Ryan only got the fans man of match afterwards, which is one talking point, I suppose we can come on to if you want. We'll come on, we'll come on to that in a minute. Go on, Stephen. On Duncan Watmore, it is a question for you. I think away from home, I'd rather Watmore start. And at home, I'd rather him coming off the bench. <clears> because I feel like at the den, sometimes when it does go a little bit flat or, or you're struggling in a game, he's the sort of player to get the fans off their seat. 
it, he, he, it, it, as Omar said earlier, it almost feels like he's he, he's going to make something happen, even if it doesn't quite work out. You feel it's going to happen, and I think that's something we need in the second half of games to to bring the crowd into it. But away from home, I think to start him because you need someone that can carry you up the pitch that can relieve some pressure. And I think I certainly think him. He's probably one of the better players that can do that, that can run with the ball and, and perhaps get you from your edge of your box to sort of 20 yards inside the opponent's half, win a free kick, win a throw-in, stuff like that. So I think there's a different role for him home and away. I don't disagree with that. Um, I was just going to say one more question before we're going to talk on Norton Cuffey in a second, but one more question because I personally think what more maybe as a striker, I don't think on his own, but in a two would be the way forward possibly for him. Would you maybe say if you was going to play him up front in a two, if you had to pick two strikers to play up front, would it be Bradshaw and Nisbet? Would it be Bradshaw and Watmore? Would it be Nisbet and Watmore? Or would it be someone else for you guys? Maybe would, would Amaku maybe get um, a look in if he was picking the team? I think we said this on Friday. I, I was putting uh, Nisbet and Fleming. I mean, and it felt like at times Fleming was the sacrificial lamb, it felt like on Saturday. But it did feel like they were, you know, was missing that kind of two man up front, the kind of output occasionally on Saturday, where go a bit more direct, put the opposition centre half under pressure. Because it felt like at times, you know, albeit we had a couple chances as, as the game went on, you know, Ballard at the back, I, I don't really remember seeing him kind of shirk under the pressure a bit, and we didn't really put him under pressure either. It felt like at times, mm. you know, these are centre halves that you know Ballard's case used to play for us. Why haven't we kind of target them, put them under pressure? You know, if Steve Morrison was in that side and Gregory's in that side, you know, there's going to be challenges on them. You know, it's going to be direct. We did, it felt like it was a bit more direct on Saturday. I'm not saying it wasn't, but I don't know. Could have, I feel like we could have put more pressure on these players and gone more kind of direct and played 4-4-2. I think especially when they had Luke 9 at centre-back, who isn't the tallest and he didn't he didn't have a great game. He's clearly a player. I think when you read a lot of the Sunderland fans' comments on him, he's probably a bit low on that confidence. Stephen, do you think that maybe, we've obviously been speaking about Fleming and what more in this segment, do you think maybe Fleming could have a role as a striker? I do, but I also think if you include in Fleming in this, we've got five players that you could play in a, in a striker position. They all need to, it looks like they all need to play in a two. It's just determining what two is the best combination. Uh, for me, I think Nisbet, I think Nisbet needs to play and I think Nisbet needs to, it needs to be in a two. It's who do you get the best? Does he need someone to flick the ball onto? So a, a Watmore and a Maku, or does he need someone to put the ball to him, i.e. a Fleming? I think it would be interesting to go Fleming and Nesbitt. I think that their little touches, their little one-twos and stuff would be really, really nice on the ball. Um, and then perhaps later on in the game, if you're going to take one of them off, you go with Watmore and Amaku to, to, to run in behind. But it, it just feels like we've played one up front for so long and our, our strikers are crying out for a partner. And I just don't think anybody really knows who the best two... Broward certainly didn't know how the MFA two... I don't think Edwards really wants to play too, but that's how you get the best out of our strikers, I think. Who would you like to see, Dan? Who would I like to see? I, mm. I, I think the, well, I think it depends on the rest of the team, to be honest, in the formation, because I, I do think Fleming, while he could do a job at striker, I think him at 10 is still his best role. So if there's if there's, if we're going to play a system where we have two strikers and an advanced midfielder, I do think I would keep Fleming as the advanced midfielder and probably go with Nisbet and Watmore as the front two. But if we're not going to play with the advanced midfielder, if he wants to go for a flat 4-4-2, for example, then I think it would have to be, for me, Fleming and Nisbet. I just think that they have 
Nisbet isn't the most physical of strikers. He'll put himself about, but I think in terms of the aerial battle, Fle- Fleming's a lot more likely to win the headers, I think, than Nisbet is. I agree with that. I think that's obviously like the whole thing about Bradshaw as well. Obviously, he came on the second half as well. What, what did you make of him on Saturday when he came one down? Lots of running as Tom Bradshaw does, and maybe may a bit unlucky actually not to score. I thought Patterson actually made a really, mm. really good save uh, at that point. That would have put us 2 0 up, and then um, obviously had his disallowed goal, um, which as a, I feel like he should be as a striker, maybe he should be anticipating something happening and maybe trying to get himself back on side. Maybe I'm just being a bit harsh on him at the moment, I don't know. But neither of us have gone for Nisbet and Bradshaw up front, I and mean, we've not seen it really either. Have we? It's, it's interesting why we've both not gone for I mean. I, I we, think we, we saw turned... it a little bit at the start of the season, didn't we? Yeah, I think it, was it kind a of felt like at that point game. he was still trying to shunt Fleming on one wing mm. and Bradshaw on the other and have Nisbet in the middle. It just didn't really work, did it? No, and it's like you think like we talk about it like you've got two natural strikes there. Why have we not gone for that? You know, it's like maybe that does need an opportunity to go. I don't, what do you reckon, Stephen? I, I think that the squad's been built in such a way that. It's re- that's why the managers have never gone with the two because we've got so many midfielders that, again, you know, even George Honeyman, for example, being played out wide, that's probably not where he wants to play. He probably does want to play a little bit more central. So the squad's been built in a way that we've got so many players that play in midfield and it, it, maybe in time Edwards will change that. Maybe he's waiting for that opportunity. Look, Nisbet and Bradshaw are two very different strikers, but they both, as I said earlier, they both look to me like they're crying out for a partner. I don't think we'll see the two of them on the pitch because I think you run the risk or Edwards will run the risk of thinking they're the main two and you don't want one of them to get injured. You'd rather have one replace the other so you can kind of manage their minutes. But I don't agree with that. It would be be good to see both of them. I just don't think we'll, we'll, we'll see that rarely now. Mm. And I th- before we move on to Norton Cuffey, because we was debating, talking about Nisbet, and while we're going through our strikers, I think it makes sense to. Two goals in two games from now, obviously got taken off around the hour mark. I think that's probably more due to minute management than anything else. But what what did you make of his performance when he was on for that hour or so, chaps? He scored his chance, didn't he? I mean, you know, you can't fault him for that. Great finish. And do you think it's minute management? I is, or is it maybe? I, I think it, I, I still think it is a little bit. I think so, probably too. I mean, obviously he's only come back into the side, hasn't he? And it was his first start, isn't it, since his injury? So mm. I kind of get it, but you know, you ain't got a game until again until Saturday. I'd love to see him stand a bit longer. And he's, he took his opportunity. I, you can't fault him, you know. Like that one chance came to him, and he, he finished with a plum. Not on Cuffy did you know provide the assist, didn't he as well? And yeah, I mean, that's what you want your striker to do when you need him most in games like that. I kind of feel like, for me, just before you come in, Stephen, I feel like what Bradshaw's really good at in terms of the running and off-the-ball work rate, Nisbet doesn't really have. But then that kind of clinical instinct that Nisbet has, Bradshaw doesn't really have. So, really, if we just merge the two, like we're saying, maybe play the two together, we might be onto a winner. It makes it like if you play two up top with them. I mean, that's, that's what I it may, exactly. That's, maybe, maybe we're onto something there. Or maybe we just take half of one player, half of another, and maybe we get there. What, what, what did you think on Nisbet's performance? And also, we'll, we'll include his, his little cameo as well over at Ipswich as well. I think Nisbet's touch and, and hold-up play is actually quite good. There are occasions where he does lose the ball, and I, and I understand it's frustrating if you watch him, his, his first instinct is to flick the ball to his teammates, to bring the players around him into the game. He's, his link-up play is very, very good. Finishing excellent at Ipswich, you know, only one opportunity, scored. 
really being honest, he only had one opportunity on Saturday, scored. It was another good finish as well. Um, I was quite impressed. I actually thought we we the performance levels dropped when when Nisbet was taken off the pitch on Saturday. I know I went on a little bit on our show to say that I felt the tactics were when he went off to be a little bit more defensive, which obviously comes from the manager. You can't blame Bradshaw for that. But um certainly think um certainly think he's one that now he's back looking fairly fit. I can't see Bradshaw starting a game for a little while. Um, I think Nisbet's definitely got the shirt for now, uh, for the foreseeable future. And Obviously, so we are go- we are going into quite an intense period, and as we spoke about as well on Sunday, we do have obviously a lot of injury-prone players. So I do think there will still be chances for Bradshaw probably within the next month, while we've got so many games to come. But I think if you said to me, pick your strongest team now, I think Nisbet would be the player that I'd naturally give the striking position to. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're right, there will be opportunities for Bradshaw, but will it be from the bench rather than a starting position? I agree, especially when you hit, because we play, when we get to Christmas, we play on the, what, the 22nd, the 26th and the 29th. Nisbet's and probably New, and not, New Year's Day. Yeah. So that's like, Nis- that's exactly. like four games in a week, pretty much. N- Nisbet's not going to be able to play probably, well, he's not going to play all four. I'd perhaps say he may struggle to play three of them. So you would look, probably think Bradshaw might get an opportunity there. But once things settle down, I think Nisbet is the is the possessor, if you will, of the shirt until um, until such time if Bradshaw finds that, that streak that we all know that he, he had last year on a couple of occasions. Anything to add quickly on uh, Nisbet, Ima? I think, yeah, I'm just, like I said, he took his chances in both games and he went to do that. I just, I just, I want to see, I want to see, I'm starting more talks about the talk about it, the more I want to see the pair of them up front, Bradshaw and Nisbet, and hopefully we get to see that in one or two games, because just intrigued to see how that develops, and I do oddly think the pair of them would complement like, compliment each other, one could do the running for the other, you know, and obviously one could score the chances for the other, so it'd be interesting, um, and also, how does that then fit in, off, I take Steve's point, there's plenty of midfielders, we're midfield top heavy in this side, and that's the main issue, it feels like, with the, with the balance in the side, and you know, you've got players like Alan Campbell not even get the game. And it's like Alan Campbell was a good champion midfielder, do you know what I mean? So it'd be interesting to see. I think for me, it's just get to January and then reassess this squad. Yeah. That, that is it. It's like you got the game's kind of thick and fast now. And you've got sides like QPR are actually picking up points at the moment as well. And it's, it's worrying times because QPR with Boxer is suddenly not a banker anymore, it feels like. And, you know, Mill winning then is not a banker anymore. It's, it's kind of, you, I feel like we're looking at the fixtures and, you know, we talk about Cardiff, and I'm sure as the show goes on, but. We need to pick up a win in a couple of these games coming up over Christmas because if we don't and we get three, four games before Christmas, five games before Christmas, and you've got no win, and there's one win in what eight for the manager, questions are going to be asked and pressure will be put on them to strengthen in January. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. I mean, just before we move on to Norton Cafe, I'm at, well, we'll begin to talk about him in this segment here because I've, I've been a long time supporter of us maybe playing a midfield diamond which would enable us to have two strikers to up top. It would enable us to have either Fleming or SA or what more potentially at the tip of that diamond would maybe give Alan Campbell the chance to showcase what he can do a bit more at the base of the diamond. And I think in Denor and um, Savile, I think you have two really good midfielders who could maybe play as kind of the outside midfielders. And then I think it might be something you'd maybe have to wait until Maybe when Brian's back, to be completely honest, I don't know what may, what would your thoughts be on something like that, gents? Because as we said as well, we aren't particularly blessed with natural wingers, so maybe that could be a way of getting all our midfield, well, not all of them, but getting more midfielders a game, and maybe trying to play to our strengths in terms of having two up top as well. 
yeah, I've, that's that. I think that's what I kind of said on on the Friday. Like, I want to see formation where you have two up front and play the midfielders. But where is Joe Bryan? You mentioned his name. Where is he? Where yes, are you, Joe? Where are you? <laughs> get out of that coffee shop and get to the desk. <laughs> I, yeah, I, you know, I don't even know if I want to mention Murray Wallace, but you know, yeah, I don't think he was terrible on the weekend either. So this is him. becoming a Murray Wallace hate show. This this podcast. <laughs> I know. I don't, Stephen. Was, I don't think he's terrible Saturday. Let's give him just like that. <laughs> no, Stephen, midfield diamond. I like the idea of a diamond. I'm, I was talking about it in the chat the other day and, and options. The, the problem is, and I Ben, I think Ben and I spoke about this as well. The diamond suits the players that we have, but does does it suit us in terms of getting a result and the manager? And that's the thing. I, I don't think it does. I think I also think if you're going to play a diamond, I think Ryan Leonard has to play at the base of it um, to, to, to help cover, which again, um, Norton Cuffey would have to play as a right back rather than a wing back or a winger. And again, it just changes the dynamic of the team uh, in terms of getting perhaps some of our better players to, to be playing regular minutes and, and get them you know on the pitch and, and regular game time. Yes. But in terms of actually getting a, a, a result and what the manager wants to do, I'm not sure that's what what we'll ever see. How do you think Joe Edwards saw this happening when he first came in? Like, I know we want to get on to Norton Cuffey, but how do you think he's feeling at the minute? Like, his first proper manager job or head coach job, the pressure must be building slowly but surely. And it feels like it's building like amongst the fans and stuff as well. And I don't think we're asking for a lot because we wanted this change. So, like, you know, you, it's you know, careful what you wish for and all them kind of things that you can add to that with them phrases there. But do you think he's feeling the pressure? Like, I think he must be, surely, right? Yeah, he must be feeling the pressure. You listed off all the, all them factors not that uh, little bit while ago, didn't you? And then all of a sudden, if you add in the added factor of QPR starting to look a little bit less shit all of a sudden. Um, and as we've said, over the, over the Christmas period, we play Stoke on the 23rd, who aren't doing very well at the moment. We play QPR on Boxing Day, which is looking like that could be a huge game. We play Huddersfield on the 16th. Um, and then we play Norwich, who are kind of stuttering this season, to be completely honest. There's four kind of, you know, very big games all, all in all in a row all of a sudden. He's going to be under pressure to get some points from them because we're going to we're going to talk Cardiff. We, we will talk Cardiff and Brook Norton Cuffey at some point in this <laughs> like video. Norton Cuffey's going to cut up for a little while now. But I like, promise I think... we're going this is going to be our last point on this. Then we will move on to Brook Norton Cuffey. Well, right? you've said that about five times already, Dad. So no, this is it. This is it. Okay, listen, I'm not making a very good job of this hosting malarkey, am I? <laughs> no. No, but it's, 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 it's the benefit of these shows and why, why I do it. Because, you know, you do get his thoughts. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
there's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We start to do a show, but a penny for Jonah's thoughts because like, we know it as fans, there's no given in the championship. I'm sure he would know that too. He's not that naive, but it's his first gig ever in the championship, ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've watched a few games and been to Millwall and, you know, I was at the first game of the season when they've done the minutes thing for John Berylson and stuff. Well, this is the championship now, Joe Edwards, and how are you feeling, mate? Because I'm sure it must be like, I feel like a sinking ship at the minute, but I think it's, this is the whole thing of the championship. You, you're, your next win's not far away. Your next game's not far away. It's, it's kind of having that clean slate ability and going again. And I think that's what you've got to feel like. I think... I can't remember what I was listening to the other day or watching, but I think it was like, I think it was the Football Weekly podcast by The Guardian, which I'm giving a plug to anyway, but Barney Rone was on there, who's a bit of a contentious one with Mill fans anyway nowadays. But he said, he was talking about this whole, like, you know, we're talking about suddenly losing their job, remember uh, losing his job, and it's like, they might go down the modern day route of a young coach who's never played football before. And sometimes you they, they, I think one of the guys on there, it was actually one of the female um, people on there, Lucy Ward, her name is, and she was like, there's a uh, there's not enough value in someone that used to be a footballer who knows what it's like to be in a dressing room at half time when you're losing. And there's also not enough value in having the ability to treat it as just a game. There's one game. You need to win your next game. It's like don't get too lost in the moment, I think. But it's easy to kind of get lost in that moment. It's, this is what happens when you've got an experienced coach, you know. Where's that next win gonna come from? And you start to panic about it, aren't you? I feel like. I, I actually think, and uh, I don't <sighs> Joe Edwards, if you're listening to this show, we all still back you and we trust the process. Massively. But I think Saturday is a massive, massive game for Joe Edwards because if we don't get a result at Cardiff, which is no mean feat, realistically, we're not going to get a result against Leicester. Let's 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 be honest. You, you, you know, you, you hope. I mean couple of us are going, possibly all three of us. Um, <laughs> and for me, I, I'm going to let, it was one of the grounds I wanted to go to. I've never been before. And, you know, they come down from the Premier League. But if you don't get a result on Saturday and you don't get a result against Leicester, you go into Huddersfield at home, Stoke, as you said, Dan, QPR and Norwich off the back of a couple of, another couple of poor results. And you go into four winnable games where the pressure is going to be seriously ramped up. So, Saturday's huge for me. I'm not saying it's not if we don't win, it's that's the end of the world and we're finished. But mm-hmm. I feel like if, if the pressure's telling now, if he's dug out on on Wednesday at Leicester and they start playing and and another you know pending another defeat, it's not going to be an easy place for him, especially walking into the den after that on on the following Saturday as well. So um, Joe, trust the process. Hope you hope you uh, do do watch the show if you do, but. Um, <laughs> But please, please get a result on Saturday because otherwise yeah. I could cry. Well, and if, yeah. if you are watching, Joe, thank you for being the one who paid, who's getting paid to make the decisions because we've been sitting here for half hour and throwing about 100 ideas <laughs> together between the three of us and haven't managed to come to any conclusion. But Dan, do you know what? Brook Norton Coffee had a good game on Saturday. I was about to say, but now we will come on to Brook Norton Coffee, who I think arguably at this moment in time might be one of the first names on the team sheet, gents. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you gave me that, you gave me a look there when I first said that. Come on, what, nah. he had a great he had a great game on Saturday. He had a good game. No, he had a great game. He had a great game Saturday. It, it was, you know, the assist was good. The amount of amazing runs he goes on. He, he tries every game. 
he's one of those players that feels like he just he doesn't shirk it and keeps trying to do the set like you know what he's good at and I, you know it's easy to get kind of lost in them moments sometimes and easy as for us fans to get frustrated watching it but you'll give him his due he's very good at what he does taking players on trying to drill past them put the balls into the box and he's done that time and time again on Saturday it felt like and he was a constant outlet for us, which is something we needed. And, you know, I think he got voted man of the match at the time by the sponsors, I believe, and rightly so. It was brilliant on Saturday. Stephen? I think I think with him, it's there's a couple of things. Firstly, he's probably, he looks different to a lot of our players in our team because he's actually got a bit of pace and actually wants to take people on. Too many people go to, to take people on. They cut back and then it, it, things change. Whereas he's just like, no, I'm going to be direct. I'm going to I'm going to go for it. I think second, the second thing with him is he come into the club clearly uh, because we wanted to play five at the back. And I don't know if Edwards, after the Ipswich debacle, I don't think he's going to go to a five at the back anytime soon. And the fact he has played at right back, he's played at right wing back, he's played at now right mid. He he just he's he's doing what his manager's asking him to do, and I don't think you can ask for much more than that. We needed to see a bit more in product. He scored at Sheffield Wednesday. He got an assist on Saturday, so that's starting to come as well. So I certainly I, I'd actually said that if I was one of the I'm more um, alluded to earlier that said to try and further forward because he's got a bit of pace. He can take people on, and if he's going to do that, absolutely. I would say he does need to get his head up a little bit because there are occasions where he just, it's as if he's playing football on his own and, and he's hes not thinking about his teammates, but we can, we can forgive that for his performances and at Ipswich in the 92nd minute or whatever it was, he was the only chased about 50 yards to the defenders, to the goalkeeper. He was the only one that actually bothered him for a lone player, especially from a club like Arsenal where they're more technical and they're more rather than, press and chasing it's more you know silky football I have a lot of time for that and, and certainly think he's he's um he's well worth a spot every week at the moment I think he's someone who they say don't fall in love with a lone player I don't know whether we're quite getting to the kind of Charlie Cresswell kind of stage of it quite yet or not but he's someone who certainly warmed himself to the Millwall fans very quickly and you actually touched on what was going to be my next question on him what do you think his best position is? Because I know, obviously, it's a massive bugbear of yours, Steve, and we could probably get you ranting for 20 minutes on having <laughs> players that can play in multiple positions but not actually play in their strongest position. So what do you actually think Norton Cuffey's best position is for us? Um, I, for us, I think his best position is further forward. So at, you would say playing, as, right playing as a right midfielder? sort of a, as a right midfielder because I think it's, it's, if he's got someone behind defensively solid like Leonard or Danny Mack to be fair who, who actually are in the team to defend and he's in front of them and it's not his sole responsibility to have to track back and and, and mark the wingers etc he'd obviously have to come back and help but it's not his sole responsibility absolutely I think that's his best position for us at the moment and also because he's the only I, I know you can't just chew on players but he's got a bit of pace you need to have pace on the counter, and I think he gives you that. I do think he's someone whose performances have already improved under Joe Edwards, actually. And I think even at Sheffield Wednesday away, when he was playing at right back, he, he got forward so much. Obviously, put the cross in that got cleared for the for the second goal for Sav. Obviously, got his name on the score sheet for the fourth. And obviously, we mentioned him having someone behind him who's maybe a bit more defensively sound. And I think on that game, Casper Denor, who has experience of playing 
as a wing back and full back in the past was the one who played on the right, which gave us that little bit more balance there. I mean, Omer, do you think for us he was A, brought into play in a kind of free stroke five back system and B, now it looks like we're going to be playing with a four going forwards. He's now going to be more of a kind of right right uh, winger for us? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's kind of where he fits into this team now. It's like, he is. A, I think he's, he's a wing back by nature. It's quite clear to see it feels like and... I think if you give him less responsibility defensively in this side, when there's a back four in play, probably it will be the greater good for him, I think. And, you know, he's got the capability to get back and help out and he's not short of the work rate, like Stephen touched on there. Albeit at that minute, 90 second minutes, which I was long on, to be honest. I have to be honest. I don't have to leave early, but that one no, where, what, Could you give us a rough location where he was at that point? <laughs> so probably near Colchester, I reckon. Somewhere, somewhere on, the, on that, on that line. On the way back. A, good, a good way home. <laughs> yeah. The only other time I left early this season was Norwich down, which you probably... Oh, uh, yes. Brilliant. So. <laughs> <laughs> probably some point by Colchester at full time on that day as well. Norfolk, Suffolk, not a good hiding grounds. No, we won't, we won't be rushing back there. <laughs> um, and yeah, like I think overall, like you can see, he's definitely going to feature probably on that right-hand side, really. I think be interesting. I, I think about January, but we're not there yet. But where, where, where will he fit in? Would formation change or where will it, you know, lead to, I suppose, with Edwards? Because what kind of players will he be attracting in a January window, which is notoriously a hard winner to do business. So yeah, I think it suits him playing that position. He played well Saturday. More the same for his Norton Cuffy and hopefully even a couple more goals to come in the next couple of games, please. And for those of you who are unaware on Brook Norton Cuffey, he's now played enough games for us in the first half of the season to mean that Arsenal can't trigger a clause to um, yeah. recall him. I mean, as I said, he's probably one of the first names on the team sheet at the moment, gents. So obviously that's fantastic to have a bit of security there. But on the before we move on to Saturday, and I, I know this could go on for ages and ages again, but I'm just going to throw a question at you, Omar that we asked again on Sunday. And it mm. was, um, at this point in time, we have two loan slots left in the squad. What two positions would you be prioritising to bring in on loan for the second half of the season? I think for me, definitely a central defender and definitely a winger. I understand the left-back argument because of Murray Wallace's performances, but I, assuming Joe, uh, Joe Bryan's not far away, I, I want us to get sent back in to attract... Charlie Quest was obviously the number one target for me in that position. If we can start one player, it's Charlie Quest well. And I know that's not... I think it just, it'll just it balance the team a lot more, basically, as soon as we can go back to have a back four where we've got, you know, the combination of Cooper and Creswell in play. And I think I think for me, Joe Bryan still has a part to play, albeit he'll be back soon, hopefully. But obviously, okay. we've, got, we've, got, we've got Alex Mitchell, who's doing really well out in, in League One with Lincoln. But there is the argument that maybe other areas of the squad need bulking up. And now we're playing with a four. We do actually have a fair bit of centre-half cover. Obviously, I, I Hutchinson's do. not really getting a game at the moment. Do, do you maybe think that maybe left-back, you know, playing Murray Wallace on a weekly basis, he is going to come back to bite you at multiple <laughs> I times? Do, I do, I do take notion and agree with what everyone's saying at that point. But again, I think, you know, hopefully Brian's not far away. But I do think also, we wouldn't be surprised if Alan Campbell go back, which will free up a spot because he's hardly featured on Edwards, is he? He's not started a game yet. No. And I think he'll be someone that's also out the door, which will then free up another loan slot for us. So... And also, you can sign more loan players, just you can't have them more than the same. You can, match only, you can squad, sign right? six. You can sign six on loan, but you can only have five on the match day squad. I think even Longman has a future still with the rest of the season. I think he's obviously featured in all the games. I, hope, hasn't he? I but, hope not. I'll be honest. I don't. I don't think he's very good. <laughs> it's, it just depends how much wiggle room he's got and what the clauses are in all the contracts. But it wouldn't surprise me if Campbell go back, which then gives you three loan spots. And and if it's free in play, then yeah, maybe throwing a left back in the conundrum. But for me, 
I'd really think we need Charlie Creswell, especially if we're playing the back four, because we feel so open going defensively when we play back four without someone with a bit of, you know, I feel like Harden has offered that a, ch- a bit of opportunity, but I'm not convinced I'm Harden that's in a half. I just really ain't. Um, and then you've then got the question of obviously in the wide areas, who you go for there, but get a Premier League loan here and it's going to rip it up, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> easy as that. You've mentioned Alan Campbell, so now you actually roll us nicely into Cardiff. So thank you very much for that. Because um, get thinking about your team selection, gents, because um, George Savile and Jake Cooper will both be suspended on Saturday after getting their fifth booking of the season. So think about your team selection, gents. We'll be, we'll be there in 10 minutes. That's maybe where Alan Campbell can come into this. But Omer, a very, very tough game on Saturday. Cardiff, a bit of a dark horse so far this season. They've been going well under their new manager. Yeah, they have been. I think, if I'm not mistaken, they're sitting in the 11th place on the table. They're up there. They, they, were, you know, they, they were sixth, I think, two weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. And I think, obviously, they've lost the last two, albeit against West Brom, who seem to be surprising loads of teams. And obviously, um, Southampton last time out. So, yeah, I mean, look, Cardiff or Cardiff, you know, they recruited a lot of players under Morrison last year. And a lot of them were good, still good players. And they're still knocking about there, some of them. And, you know, they're kind of putting the mouldings of a squad together. So, It'd be interesting. Um, we've, you know, last year we won there at, the, at their ground, and hopefully that carries some weight because it's going to be a tricky place to go to. We've got the suspensions, got injuries. It's a back against the wall mill performance that we need and desire. Hopefully on Saturday, and fingers crossed we get that. Stephen, your thoughts on what is going to be another tough away day? They have, they have a very good, very good home record as well. I, I don't want to curse us because last time I said a team had a very good home record, it was Ipswich. Um, and Omer went and looked at their home form and shit himself a little bit before the game. So I don't want to curse right too much. Right um, <laughs> Stephen? Uh, as I said earlier, I think it's a pressure, it's a real high-pressure game. By my understanding is there's a decent following as well. Uh, we've sold reasonably well in, in terms of numbers a game, which... Um, I wasn't didn't think that would be the case. I must admit, to, to Cardiff, one of the one of the games that's probably... Mm-hmm longer journey time and whatnot, but the fans are still sticking with the team um, away from home. Trust I in think, the process, Stephen. Absolutely. And and that's it. The, the, you'll always get the, the people that argue and say, oh, you know, we shouldn't have gone for this manager, we shouldn't have done this. But there's an awful lot of Millwall fans out there that do still believe that we are go- trying to go down the right route. We just need to pick up some results to, to kind of, you know, steady the ship a little bit. Cardiff are good at home. They are having a good season. Um they've seemingly managed to sort themselves out a bit after recent seasons. So it will be tough. Um, again, our waveform is, is pretty good. I know Ipswich was, was a bit poor, but we, we've been quite good on the road and, and maybe the style of football. I think the, the, the game plan on Saturday to be a little bit harder to break down, I think that certainly will come into play on Saturday and will, will definitely be a, be a strength of ours. You also have to add into the fact that with no Sav and no Cooper, we're probably likely to have no Casper. Well, we've got no Casper because he's, he's out until till Christmas. So you, you're missing three really, really big players. Um, so it will be back to the wall. But maybe that's where we'd be at our best. And maybe Edwards might just be able to to, to draw on some, some previous results away from home or look at how we played away from home under Rao and Harris and see when we are up against it our players do stand up a little bit or, or maybe that's hope or wishful thinking, but that's what he's going to need to draw on. I do you know, like, you were joking about me to potentially turn up at one of these two games and uh, the more we talk about it, the less tantalising it sounds, but also the more Millwall-esque it sounds. And it's like, this is what this is what Millwall's like, you know, backs against the wall. 
I'm trying to put together my start eleven for Saturday, for Saturday. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, but, yeah. I want to try and provide a glimmer of light. I'm trying to completely lose negative Dan. I don't think it's ever ever going to go away, but I'm going to do my best to maybe become somewhat neutral, Dan, in this situation. So, looks like Aaron Ramsey is going to miss the game. He's been out injured for a while now, hasn't been in their matchday squad since October, obviously. I think when you look down the list of players in this division, he's probably someone who I'd put definitely in the top 10, maybe even in the top five of players, just based on their ability in this league. So, do you think that we can at least take something from that? I mean, I, I know they've still got a good squad, but if a player of Ramsey's calibre is missing, then surely you can take some kind of positive from that. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's still pick up results, aren't <laughs> <laughs> it's, a it's a tough place to go, kind of. Always has been, always will be. I, I, you know, we were in there, like I said, again last season. And it's, it's one of those stadiums where if you can keep their fans quiet at early stages, a bit like the Den, you kind of drag the game out as long as you can. You're going to nick something from the game. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a backstage of the wall. But I think if we can keep, you know, it's a, we need a Gary Rout performance. There you go. I'll say it. We need a Gary Rout-esque performance on Saturday. And I think my team might reflect that. <laughs> and um, Stephen, they've just lost their last two, though, as well. Obviously, in front of their own fans going into Christmas, that festive period where you want momentum more than anything else really going into it they're obviously going to be determined to put on a show yeah and i think when the games come thick and fast when you do get on a run whether it's good or bad you you, you kind of you, you know the next game it almost doesn't matter because the next game's upon you same for us i think one point from the last three um edwards would be desperately looking for for a reaction I, i'm going to be a little bit optimistic on the basis that I, I feel like we are due a, a as my Omar said, a Mill-esque performance. We're due to go somewhere mm. and grind out a result. We, we haven't quite been able to do it recently. The, the style of football hasn't allowed us to do so. And whilst, again, this might come back and bite me a little bit, but Cardiff don't have the perhaps firepower that Ipswich had. We were going into the Ipswich game sort of fearful that they were going to score a lot of goals. Um maybe maybe we can we can see that defensive masterclass and a and a counter goal to, to to get us three points but i certainly think we'll we'll see a very tough hard to beat Millwall side whoever gets put out one win in our last four be... and two wins in our last 12 games by the way just put that one out there it's, it's dwindling on and it's got to end eventually though law exactly. right? exactly. i've got my team by the way do you want to hear it <laughs> Hit us with it. I was going to go with mine, but if you're so confident you've got yours, let's hear it. Right. We're playing 5 2 3. A great start. So this is Gary Wright esque. Bart Bilkowski in goal. Three centre halves of Leonard, Hutch, and Murray Wallace. Ryan Longman left wing back. And then we have Danny McNamara right wing back. No, I'm joking. We'll have um, BNC right wing back. And then we have a midfield two of Honeyman and Mitchell. No, sorry, Campbell, Mitchell, sorry. And then Honeyman and Fleming either side of Kevin Nisbet grafting. And then Fleming's going to, you know, channel the inner 20, 22, 23. There you go. Can I just <laughs> jump in there? That 11 makes me want to call the Samaritans. Yeah, I'm not going. I'm What's, not wrong going with it? What's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? That's the wall performance where we nick it. I'm telling right, you. No, okay, I'm going to go with my team. And I'm, hopefully, and score. I'm hopefully going to restore Stephen's faith here a little bit. I'm going to put my team out there now. So I'm going to go with... 
I'm going to keep Bialkowski in goal. That's fine. I'm going to play a 4-2-3-1. And I'm going to keep... Uh, no, sorry. So Bialkowski goes in goal. I'm going to go with Danny McNamara at right back, not wing back, just as a normal right back. And then go with Harding, who would be my captain, I think, on Saturday with Leonard in at centre-back. I'd keep Murray Wallace on the base. He didn't have a bad game against um, uh, Sunderland. I know, obviously, that's a bit contentious, but it doesn't really look like Malachi is going to get too much game time. I'm then going to go with Campbell and Honeyman as the two in front of the defence, with Norton Cuffey on the right, what more on the uh, on the right, um, what more on the left. Uh, I'll keep Fleming in the 10, but we really need to see something from him, I think, and then I'll go in this bit up top. My team, right, is balanced and a, and a counter-attacking. Right? You've got Ryan Longman starting, mate. Yeah, you've got, Ryan, you've got Ryan Longman and Murray Wallace starting on the left. You Correct. was at Ipswich. I'm Do you not remember them. what happened? I'm backing them. No, I'm too pissed. I'm backing them. <laughs> Longman's not even in the squad for me. I'm backing, them. I'm backing them to turn it around. I'm backing them to turn it around. No. All right. Stephen, Stephen, if um, you had the choice of hearing which two teams out of mine and Omer's lineup. Which one would you rather go and see? I'm erring more towards yours, Dan. I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't go back to their saying there, by the way. But I just, you know, I'm, I'm, it's back to the grafted performance. It's, it's an old school performance where Hutch can't re- reignites his, you know, past life. All right. There you go. I, I'm going to go. I'll give you a team. There's going to be one slight. You, I'll come to it. And you'll see where I'm going with this. So, Barton goal. Danny Mack at right back. You're going four two three one as well, just for just so the viewers. Yeah, yeah, around four two three. Yeah, probably four. It, it Here we go. So, just, just so we've obviously I've asked Stephen. What do you guys think? We're going to hear Stephen's team now. Put in the comments below if you're going to Cardiff on Saturday. If you was going to go, which one of these team sheets would you be most happy to see <laughs> um, at two p.m.? I'm going to create yeah, well, so well, many accounts and just keep putting well. my name. <laughs> no, so Barton goal, Danny Mack at right back. I would go with. Harding and I would probably go with Hutchinson as the two centre halves at left back. I agree on the basis that he didn't have a bad game on Saturday, and unless Joe Bryan's fit, so I would go Wallace. But if Bryan's fit, I would pick Bryan. I don't um, think that's happening, mate. We ain't no. No, I don't. I no, I don't. Nothing either. on him since he's got injured. His season's probably over. So, <laughs> so by default, that's Murray Wallace at left back. Um, the two in my two in midfield would be Ryan Leonard and I would probably go with Alan Campbell in, in this kind in, in this kind of I think game. he does he deserves a chance I think. Yeah um I, I must admit without going around the houses Billy Mitchell um didn't have a great game on Saturday when he was given an opportunity so I would go Leonard and that's why he's Campbell. same reason for me that's why he's not in my team as well. Um BNC uh wide right uh, in front of Danny, uh, Duncan Watmore, wide left. Personally, I would be taking Zian Fleming out of my starting eleven. I don't think that um, Joe Edwards will, but if it was me, I would be. It would be SA in the 10 and Kevin Nisbet as a striker. But I think we all know that it's going to be Fleming in the 10. But if it was me, it would be SA. I think that's. I think to be honest, you've raised some very valid points there. Like myself, you didn't have Billy Mitchell in there. Just wasn't very impressed with his performance. Obviously, you've gone with Hutchinson, who um, we had a big discussion about. Myself, Omer, and Ben. Um, mm. 
last week ahead of Ipswich and obviously came in and I think it's maybe a tad harsh to say he didn't have a, a good game against Ipswich. I don't think it'd be fair to single out any player for having a bad game because they're all rubbish that night. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think I think that's fair. But my thing was I kind of wanted to keep Leonard at right back because he played so well at right back and that link up between him and Norton Cuffey was was good. But I I just think we still lack a bit of pace at centre half, which I think bringing Ryan Leonard in there along with Harding would certainly go a long way to solving that issue. My my thing with that though is that if you're going to have a midfield, the midfield two that aren't nowhere near the first choice because of suspensions and injuries, Leonard playing in front of the back four or play, playing in midfield as more of a holding midfielder can cover the ground. He can he would he'll almost fill in as a fifth, sorry, as a third centre back if need be, and then it gives Campbell an opportunity, maybe a little bit more freedom to get further forward, perhaps where he wants to be playing, rather than you know don't. Say to him, look, we don't need you to, to, to you know, you, you can't just not track back at all, but we'd rather you maybe going forward and we might see a little bit more from him. If Leonard plays in that midfield, he can cover the ground and fill in as a, as a third centre-back. That's why I'd be moving him. And I think Danny and Norton Cuffey down the right-hand side, you'd be asking Danny to defend, which is what he's better at, and you'd be asking Norton Cuffey to go forward, which he's better at. See the... I'm done trolling now. I draw my actual team, by the way. It's still 5 2 3. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I, 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 I'll, I'll actually double down on my one now. It's, I'm still going to go 5 2 3, but the ratchet team I'll go is Norton Coffee right wing back, Barton Goldsley, Leonard right centre half, Hutch, Harding, and I still would have Longman in left wing back, to be honest, because Wallace has been shocking recently. My midfield two is Campbell and Mitchell still. And then I have a Maku, SA, and Nisbet. Go for it. There you go. 5 2 3. Pace up front, counter-attacking. Yeah. He's he all he's done there is he's for people wingers. in the comments. No, no, no. In the comments, he's gonna right. he's gonna get absolute I've got it for it. I've got it written down. I said, I said it to you right now. But I, I, was, I was I was trying to just go, I was gonna I was gonna leave it for the whole show and just go, that's it. Like and just wait for the comments to come flooding through. But no, Fleming deserves to be dropped. Wallace has not been great. I, I do like Longman to go left wing back though. I still think he can offer a valid option there, especially with Joe Bryan stuck in a coffee shop in Fulham somewhere, like we keep saying. So, yeah. I'm just going to, we're going to wrap this up now, mainly because I've just checked the score and it's, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. I think this I is watch it. on Wednesday or Thursday. Um, but it is currently Luton Town 3, Arsenal 3, and there's about it 25 is. minutes left. Uh, personally, <laughs> I want to go and watch the rest of the, rest of the game. So, <laughs> I'm going to wrap this up pretty quickly. Um, but we have been going an hour, so hopefully you've enjoyed most of it. I just want to say one last point on Alan Campbell. I really do think if he doesn't get a kick in the 90 minutes, then I think we all know what his future is going to be in January. My thinking for having him in the team alongside Honeyman is a bit like Stephen, but I just think that when I've seen Campbell play for Luton last season, I think he was best as the midfielder that sat the deepest. I think Honeyman's going to be someone who wants to try and get on the ball and drive the ball forwards a bit more. So at times, I think the, the way I kind of envisage my team playing like I'm actually a football manager, like I'm actually Joe Edwards on the touchline, would almost be a 4-1-4-1 with Alan Campbell as a kind of deep line midfielder and then Honeyman and Fleming almost playing next to each other. Yeah. I, I, I get the logic completely. And also there's, there's legs in that midfield and, you know, there's there's there's, there's, there's someone else that can offer an option in that. <sighs> What's the score going to be? Have you given a prediction yet? Sorry, I was... No, should we do score predictions? Maybe we've got score prediction, then we can end it and watch the last 25 minutes. <laughs> All right, score prediction. Stephen, score, score prediction, go. 1-0 Millwall. Ima? 
one nil Millwall is what I was going with earlier. Um, yeah, one nil Millwall. Um, SA to score the goal. Oh, sorry, Nisbet. Nisbet to get three and three for me. Like it. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm going to go back to back one all. So I think I'd take a point now, to be honest. I think the point would be a good result there. Um, one all, my goal scorer is going to be Duncan Whitmore. So Blake, but I'm all fan of it, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. You try and cling on to any hope and it's just every day that passes by, there's just it just dwindles. Just think, well, it's, it's not inconceivable to think you could be at work or talking to someone and you're, wherever you go, and there's going to be a Liverpool fans to be disappointed because they get, you know, get a draw on the weekend or something silly. This is, this is, this is it. Absolutely. This is it. For me, is I work with two Norwich fans and their first choice goalkeeper is George Long at the minute. So I, I, I feel I feel quite chirpy <laughs> at the moment. And on that note, um, listen, we hope that you've laughed along with us. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, please subscribe to us if you haven't already. Um, God, there's quite a lot of notices to read out at the end of the shows at the moment, isn't there? Um, Stephen Omer, any, any notices I think I've missed out on? There's quite a lot, isn't there? Um, we're doing a we've got all or few of the panelists are going to Harry's after the uh, Huddersfield game on the 16th. If you want to come and have me for a drink, have a chat after the game, feel free. Uh, if you'd like to come on and do Who Are You, please get in contact with us. Um, and just to clarify before the comments get at me, Omar isn't driving me to the Samaritans, it was a joke. His team is just a bit depressing. It was depressing. It was depressing. I, I was, it was, I was only just trying to fish out there. And I was like, you know what? In hindsight, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> cool. Uh, any final thoughts, gents? Just be sure to follow us and like the video and subscribe. Not a lot of people do it, so make sure you do that as well. That's 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 the words I'm looking for. Cool. Thank you very much for everyone for listening. Um, should be something on Friday night, and then we'll also be live on Sunday after the Cardiff game, looking ahead to um, what is a very daunting away trip to Leicester City. But thank you very much and come on you Lions. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.